This episode of the Power Connect podcast is brought to you by RBN Energy's 2022 Export Con Conference held at the Marriott Marquis in Houston, Texas, September 26th and the 27th. I think the first way I go about recruiting for diverse candidate pools is just being intentional. So you'll be very surprised when you just actually intentionally try and find diverse candidates, how many you find. Welcome into the Power Connect Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Davis. Episode 32 of the program happening on a Friday. Friday vibes, boys and girls. Glad to have you guys along for the ride today, getting you ready for the weekend. No better way to get you ready for the weekend, especially if you're in the market for a new occupation, considering making a change, whatever side of the aisle you fall on, no better person to listen to than today's guest, Miss Catherine McLean, founder and CEO at the Dylan Green Agency. She's helping put folks in clean energy and sustainable energy, clean tech, you name it. If it's got anything to do with clean energy, Miss Catherine McLean is all over it and her folks over at Dylan Green. So we had an engaging conversation today, talked a little bit about her background, how she got into recruitment. But of course, uh, then we delved into a little bit more about the actual recruiting process. And she had some absolute gems that she shares on today's show. So you definitely want to stick around for that. But before we get to that, I'm excited to announce that I'll be emceeing the 2022 Export Con Conference going down September 26th and 27th at the Marriott Marquis in Houston. And, of course, that's going to be put on by my friends over at RBN Energy, Mr. David Brazil, as well as Mr. Rusty Brazil, two absolute legends in the industry when it comes to all things pricing and just information in the oil and gas, LNG, you name it, space. Nobody better than the folks over at RBN Energy. Make sure you go check out their blog as well as their daily blogcast that you can catch every Monday through Friday. Go check it out. You will be glad that you did. But, of course, more importantly, a little bit about the conference. What are they going to be talking about? And of course, the 26th and 27th, that's on a Monday and a Tuesday. So definitely go ahead, mark your calendars. But what are you going to find at the conference? Glad you asked. They're going to explore the impact of the growing U.S. exports on the U.S. domestic markets from the wellhead to the export dock and tie that to global supply, demand and logistics. So for more information, go to rbnenergy.com forward slash export con. That's the letter X P O R T C O N. Check it out. You will be glad that you did. And of course, when you go there, put in the promo code POWER10. That's POWER10. Let's them know that you heard it here on the podcast. And guess what? Get you 10% off your admission. What else are you going to find over at the event? Well, it's a who's who in the industry. None other than Mr. Jim Teague, CEO of Enterprise Products. Steve Keen, CEO of Kinder Morgan. Obviously, Dave and Rusty will be there. And a host of others. Not to mention, too, it's a day and a half event. So it's a great opportunity to get out, learn about what's going on in the business, as well as another great marketing and networking opportunity as well. So go check it out. Once again, the website, rbnenergy.com forward slash exportcon. That's the letter X, P-O-R-T-C-O-N. Check it out. Do it. Get your ticket. It's the hottest thing going on, the 26th and the 27th. You do not want to miss it. All right, let's get right down to it, boys and girls. Today's show with Miss Catherine McLean. 
CEO, founder of Dylan Green. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about her background. She's been in this space for over a decade. Dylan Green, she's been back in the States for four years, started Dylan Green three years ago. But more importantly, a little bit about diversity in the ranks and what is the one thing, what is the one philosophy that she uses when it comes to diversity hiring that, again, it seems obvious, but again, just because it seems obvious doesn't mean that people are doing it, but that's one of the things that Miss Catherine McLean does. She's also going to give some resume tips. I ask about you know whether or not the cover letter's dead, and her surprising answer is to what people are actually looking for when they see a cover letter, and what is the Inflation Reduction Act impact going to have on recruiting as well as clean energy jobs. It's a great listen, and of course, then we ask her the, the real question. She's a podcaster herself. What do you like better? hosting, guesting, you got to stick around to find that answer out. Great stuff today. Please, without further ado, the one, the only, founder and CEO, Dylan Green, Miss Catherine McLean. The way I fell into recruitment is very bizarre. I um, got a call from a recruiter who had seen my resume on Monster, And she said, you know, I want you to come in and talk to us about opportunities. And so the company was Robert Half. And Robert Half, in the U.S. at least, had like a sales and marketing recruitment function. But I didn't realize at the time in the U.K., they did not. They only did finance and accounting recruitment. But the woman was American who had called me. I had been in London a few months. I was really, really homesick. So I was like, yeah, I'll come come in and meet, meet you guys. So you know, talked to them for a couple of hours. And then they finally said to me, you know, are you interested? And I was like, interested in what? What is the job? (laughs) And they were like, recruitment. And I was like, no, like, I would never be in recruitment, not a chance. Because I have the same impression a lot of people have with recruiters, you know, just not don't listen, you know, just really aggressive. And anyway, so I was like, uh, long story short, they convinced me that I would be good at recruitment um, because I had originally had a, like I said, that sales background and they were right. I started to do finance accounting for Robert Half. I did really well. Um, and that's how, how it began. When did you decide to dis- to make that pivot into the clean tech and renewable space? So that was when I went to work for Acre. I was okay. focusing on energy. And I think what was really funny at the time is that it's 2011, and the oil and gas market was booming. And so all the good recruiters were recruiting oil and gas. And so people just thought I was nuts. They were like, why would you go work in like clean energy when oil and gas is like, I mean, the recruiters are like printing money. And I was just like, I think it's a bubble. And also I think it's completely unsustainable. Like we just, we're going to have to at some point shift to a cleaner economy like this this is not sustainable and what's really ironic is that a lot of those recruiters now work (laughs) what was that conversation how difficult was your job back then i'm guessing renewables maybe was a little bit easier but what was the clean tech uh conversion like yeah i mean i think back then it um i I mean i think it's all it's always challenging i just I, i think that the market i was recruiting and in the UK, you know, somebody wanted exactly what they wanted. You know, I didn't focus on diversity recruitment then. So, you know, somebody wanted what they wanted, and that's what you went out and you found it. Um, and I did that extensive networking and conferences and traveling and building my reputation. My U.S. life, if you like, 
you know, four years I've been back in the U.S., three of those have been Dylan Green, and that has been much more focused on diversity recruitment, which I have found, like, you know, incredibly rewarding because it's, um, you know, you still have that mission of clean energy, but you also have a dual mission of, um, of helping companies diversify their candidate pools. But that also in itself presents more challenges because there are less people that you consider. So one of the things that I'm really, really passionate about is what I call net diversity, which is getting people, women, people of color from other industries and bringing them into our industry. So, you know, because there's there's more jobs than there are people to do it. And, uh, you know, I think at some point we're going to have to let new people in. And so I'm really trying to like champion the clients that are taking uh, these people from other industries in and that they're the ones that are training them and, um, you know, helping to contribute um, to a more diverse clean energy workforce. How does Dylan Green, how do the Catherine McLeans of the world go out and get folks and, and, and spread that message that it is a more, you know, welcoming workforce or that there is more need for or that there is a more... There are more places for diversity because I, I just know from some folks I've talked to, they've been turned away from it just philosophically because they just don't feel like it's as welcoming. How do you combat that? Yeah, I mean, I think in essence, it should be a more diverse workforce because what we're trying to do is inherently around the environment and planet and trying to clean up communities and make communities Um, more resilient, and all those things around environmental, social justice tie beautifully into being more of a rainbow, that coalition that that accomplishes that. Um, Maybe oil and gas might be slightly more diverse. I don't have statistics on that, perhaps because it's a more mature industry. But I see, you know, that as maybe like a good opportunity for us in the clean energy industry. I think the first way I go about recruiting for diverse candidate pools is just being intentional. So you'll be very surprised when you just actually intentionally try and find diverse candidates, how many you find. I'm not, you know, advocating that we hire diversity just for the sake of it, but you would be very, very surprised that when you have a real conscious effort to have um, a diverse candidate pool, how the diverse candidate a lot of times will be the best candidate for the opportunity, but might have been completely overlooked because they didn't tick all the boxes. So I think when you make a conscious effort to have them in the process, even if they don't tick all the boxes, you'd be surprised actually how qualified they are for the position. So I'll give you an example. I had a candidate, a client recently. Uh, We had a number of really good uh, candidates in the process that he was interviewing uh, that weren't necessarily very diverse. And he said to me, these candidates all are very qualified. We can certainly hire one of them. But are there any women that we can bring into the interview process? So we went over some people and, you know, we had a very small pool to choose from, but there was one in particular that we thought, you know, this looks like a really good possibility, probably not right for the position on paper, but, you know, at least we'll bring her in so we have a little bit more of a, of a diverse um, candidate pool. Well, she absolutely nailed it. She embarrassed all the boys. She was fantastic. <laughs> and so, but my point is, if he hadn't pushed to yeah. do that, he never would have been included, and we would have hired somebody, I'm sure, that was very competent. But we hired someone who's phenomenal. 
because he really pushed me to find that. Do, do you see what I mean? No, I totally get it. And so let me ask you this. Um, and having, you know, I'm sure you've combed through thousands of resumes uh, in the last decade plus. <laughs> how often or how often do you find some of the best candidates are far better interviewers than what their resume might suggest? Yeah, it's a, it's a real frustration for me, if I'm honest, because I've seen such great resumes that have just been, you know, very pointing, like dating profiles, you know, <laughs> you know, Mr. Right. And then, you know, you beat them and you're like, and then the opposite, you know, someone that you're on the fence about, you beat them. And it's the same thing with recruitment. There are so many times where I've seen resumes, I've been on the fence about it, but I think what makes me a successful recruiter is I have a very good gut I'm very good at having like um, that sort of intuition and I'm, oh, there's something there. I can't put my finger on it. Let's just go, go with them. Or there's something there. We, I can't put my finger on it. Let's not go with them. And I think that far too many people put weight into resumes, but they have to because they might not have a recruiter that they trust that will filter these pe people out that aren't suitable, or they might, you know, just feel like if it's not, written verbatim in a resume that it, you know, it doesn't exist. So, so my job is to really understand the client, um, what they're looking for, but more importantly, the culture. And when I'm sourcing these candidates, you know, they have to have some trust in me that even though that resume might not be exactly what they think that they're looking for, it is if they just talk to them. But that comes with a lot of experience. I think the, the good thing about recruitment is it's one of the few industries where the older you are and more experience you have, the more people want to deal, <laughs> deal with you and talk to you. Like, it's very much ageist in the opposite way. <laughs> so that's kind of good. <laughs> so the more gray hairs I get. The better off you're going to be. So let me ask right. you this then. Um, is simpler better? Because I know just from, you know, my own job searches and you go to some of these resume places and they just go off the rails with some of these, you know, and look, I, I've done marketing, I've done journalism, I've done oil and gas, I've done the whole nine. And, and you know, I've always had a very basic resume and I had a resume service do mine. And I mean, they had like, you know, my top 10 skills and this just, you know, this, this like, you know, it was like a scouting report for Christ's sake. And I just wonder, are some of these services doing too much and is sometimes simpler better? I think simpler is better, but it really depends on the role. Okay. So like, um, you know, I like a two page resume. I think a one page resume, if you have 10 years experience, a two page resume, if you have more than that, um, I, I'm really like the things that I'm looking for when I look at a resume are like just achievement, something achievement based and something very like numbers based. So for example, like in business development roles, like I want to know exactly like who your target clients are like, and again, it doesn't need to be like specific clients, but like the industry, like what percentage of target that you've achieved. And I think something like in project finance, like if you're good at like modeling, like what's, kind of modeling you know are you good at like what what is your proficiency in different aspects because there's nothing more frustrating than like i see all the time like proficient in word and outlook like wonderful i can breathe as well like you know proficient using my phone <laughs> like, <laughs> so, i mean aren't when, we at a stage in life where if you're not proficient in word and excel maybe it's a concern <laughs> right so i'm looking like a little bit more detail, like, you know, provision 
Python, R, like advanced Excel, like, you know, those sorts of things. But, and I think other mistakes that I see are tenses. So people using different tenses within their resume, like first using, referring to themselves in third person, then first person, then second person, like they're all over the place. And then another mistake I see is when people have listed previous jobs, they forget to put those jobs in the past. So they're current all their jobs. Another big kind of no-no. Is the cover letter dead? Um, You know, I personally feel... The cover letter is um, not as important as it used to be. I think LinkedIn, in a lot of ways, in my opinion, has taken the place of, I don't want to say it's taken the place of the cover letter, but I think if there had to be two out of three things that are important to me, LinkedIn and the resume are more important than the cover letter. I have a lot of clients who still ask for cover letters because I think what's happened is there's been a real decay in writing, which is like quite sad. So, like, I mean, we have student debt, like, all over the place, but people don't know how to write, like, coming out of school is, like, kind of sad. But I think what's, so what a lot of my clients have done is they haven't realized, so they're testing a modeling, but they haven't realized they've got in. A lot of the stuff is, like, RFP responses. And so they haven't realized that they got into the job, but they don't have, like, good writing skills. So I think cover letters for them is, like, another kind of way to catch that. You mentioned uh, your mother and talking about the Inflation Reduction Act, which I can certainly appreciate that. Um, A, the impact of it just from a societal standpoint, and B, the impact on Dylan Green and Catherine McLean. I mean, I think from a societal standpoint, I'm so proud because, you know, we've lost a lot of rights, myself specifically, (laughs) over the past summer. And so... It's nice to see that we are making some sort of progress in other areas, especially something like that's as important as our climate. And I think it also sends a really powerful message to the world that we are trying to do our best and trying to contribute and trying to be part of this kind of global you know, Paris Agreement uh, and so forth. Uh, so I think it, it's super positive. Does it have everything we wanted? No, of course it doesn't. But it's still something to be incredibly happy and proud and excited about. How it affects Dylan Green is that I think there's a lot of doom and gloom about like a recession coming or recession coming. I've recruited in a recession. It's not fun, but it's not the end of the world. But I think what the IRA does is it really solidifies that recession or no recession. Our industry is really going to be pretty immune to that. There's just so many jobs and so much money and so much opportunity that I just don't see, even if we went into recession, I just don't see us being that impacted by it. I just don't. Get you out of here with this. Uh, You've been fantastic. How important is your role as a female entrepreneur? And then what's on the horizon? We know, again, with the IRA just passing, what's next, though, for Catherine McLean and, and, and Dylan Green? What I try and do when I'm working with women is I try and be their advocate. I try and be their voice and, like, be there to support them in their interview process. So encouraging them that they do meet the qualifications (laughs) they don't need to be 50 percent qualified for it encouraging them with like constructive feedback on how they can present their skills and abilities better you know how to negotiate you know and have the confidence to do that how to quit their job without feeling guilty how to turn down 
another job because uh, you know without, they chosen something else to not feel guilty like there's a lot of loyalty women have there's a lot of guilt that we have we're you know we're ultimately inherently trying to please and so I think that's something that you know trying to kind of overcome and dealing with things like imposter syndrome etc um as far as what's next for me I mean I think it's just to continue kind of doing what it is that I've been doing um you know I feel like my whole life I've always been a very entrepreneurial person and um you know people are like how do you stay motivated as an entrepreneur and I just feel like you know what motivates me is I I can't work for anyone else you either are an entrepreneur or you're not. I think it's become this kind of like sexy word, but you know, I don't think, I just think it's sort of like sales. Like you either are a salesperson or not. Like you can certainly become a better salesperson, but I just think somebody like a quant, like she's a quant. Like I could study for years to be a quant and never be a quant. Like, you know, like these things, I think sometimes you have to just kind of listen to yourself and kind of what you're good at. And, and kind of lean into that. I think sometimes school can tend to like beat it out of us. Like that there's like this kind of like curriculum that you follow and like, that's the only path. And kind of, I think what's important is to remind ourselves and our kids that like, there's you can be anything you want to be. It doesn't like don't like get caught up in the structure because like I said, like life's what happens when you're making plans for it. There's like a lot of opportunities that will come across your path and you got to have an open mind, you know? Where can the folks at home who are listening, because look, we know a lot of people are, are, are either looking for jobs, thinking about changing a job or, or want to know more about the clean tech space. Maybe they're in oil and gas. Maybe they're, you know, thinking about a move. Where can they find out more about Dylan Green and, uh, you know, get, get, get more information about what, what you're doing and how they might uh, become affiliated? Yeah, so you definitely like can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and then my website, obviously, dylan-green.com. And we have like all of our videos on there and our podcasts. Um, we've interviewed some awesome people. Um, uh, Abby Hopper, Jigger Shaw, uh, Devin Hampton, Gilbert Campbell, Dan Sugar, Julia Ham, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So awesome people on there. And so talking about all kinds of things like mentorship, um, diversity projects that they're proud of within space and so forth. Real quick, I got to ask, and this is more just from a podcasting perspective, what do you like better, being the host or being the guest? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest with you, like the whole, like, I, yeah, the whole thing is still out of my comfort zone after all this time. Um, I guess I like prefer being the host because uh, there's less sub, right? <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Miss Catherine McLean. You can catch all of the Power Connect episodes over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and over at the website, thepowerconnect.net. If you listen to us over on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, follow the show, and make sure you listen to the episodes in their entirety. Got great stuff coming up next week. One, Miss Aria McKenna. She runs the Global cooling productions company she's also a host on green tv uh you can find her at becoming the change great episode with her a lot of conversation and we kind of went all over the place and mr don wright from unico we got daniel wrestler from utility api coming up just a lot of great stuff that you do not want to miss and of course like i said give us a follow on the socials as well the freddie d on twitter and of course again we're on linkedin so make sure you check us out there and of course also rbnenergy.com make sure you're giving my friends over there a follow as well you will be glad that you did this has been 
The Power Connect Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening as you do each and every episode. The Power Connect Podcast, connecting the energy transition one conversation at a time. Wake up, all the builders, time to build a new land. I know we could do it if we all lend a hand. The only thing we have to do.